0: Hello, a very warm welcome to you. It's another podcast called the Super 6 Podcast with Laura Woods and Bio Akin Fenwa. Hello, Bio. Yo, what's going on, LW? Ah, I missed you. I know I missed you too. You had a week without me. How was Dave
1: Jones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. DJ was cool, you know. Um, Like, he's no LW, but he was cool in it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I had to make him feel wanted. So I just had to make him feel like, look, this is the, the the Super 6 podcast. This is how we do it over this side and that. But no, nah, man, he was cool. I can't complain.
0: Yeah, and how was Jamie Carragher? Like, JC was cool as well.
1: Um, you know, the reason I like JC, even when you watch him on, like, the Monday night, I think he speaks his mind, which that's what I like. I think he's authentic. I think he doesn't mm. um, pull his punches. And I felt the same. I, you know, it wasn't an act. He came on and he spoke it. He spoke. He was relaxed. He, you know, he was in his hotel room. No, nah, he was cool, man. It's, they say they don't meet your legends and... I met mine and it was cool.
0: And he was worth
1: it. It was worth it. It was worth it. I was I was a bit disappointed because you know what I'm saying, you've got that that Bantz, you know what I'm saying, the Gary Neville, the JC. So I thought it would have been like a real nice Four of us kicking it. I say four of us, three of us, sorry, a trio. Um, Northern ones, don't worry about that. But you know what I'm saying. So, yeah. but you was not there. What have what, what you been up to, though?
0: Oh, I'd just been quite busy, actually. I've been double working. I did a little bit of A League of Their Own as well. That was really fun. Obviously, on breakfast and all that sort of stuff. But I I'd make time to listen to the podcast and I listened to it and I thought it was really good. And um, I picked out my favorite part. It was this bit. God, here.
1: DJ, come on now, V. Bob, your caliber, <laughs> caliber, your top, your top flight. Listen, L.W., she's <laughs> cool, but you top flight. Make sure she don't hear me say this. But you top flight now. I feel like I'm moving up in the world. All right, All right. Wow. All right. Hold on. You know the worst thing is? You see how they've stitched me up here? Because before... Oh, right. This is what happened, right? Because yep. I'm a very... I'm, you know, beforehand, this is what they said to me. And I don't want to okay. name names, but Tom, he said to me, look, B." DJ's nervous yeah so I need you to make him feel very very comfortable mm. so say these words I said look I'm not really that guy because you know how I feel about LW he said please and you know how Tom likes to beg sometimes not it I you know do. What I'm saying? yeah
0: that's true okay so so can we clear it up who's better me or Dave Jones
1: listen LW all day every day Dumps on DJ. I hope DJ don't hear this because he's going to be. Well, funnily enough,
0: Bio, DJ's actually on the line now. Dave, hey, DJ, um, did you listen, hear that? they
1: all messed me up. like <laughs> <I'm joking>. <laughs> 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 oh there goes my Monday night football <laughs> appearance oh lord
0: it is way it it's me and you forever <laughs> i tell you what you get with him you get more professionalism don't you
1: <laughs> yeah he's very very professional he's on the point he's very very real. you know he's one of them ones it's like boom bam bam bim bam that no, it was good though come on but listen you already know our partnership is unbreakable come on don't let them do All this alright
0: for a minute there I was like wow I was driving my car and Lee swerved off the motorway I sat there and thought Is it all fake?
1: Listen, our relationship—you should have been like, "Ah, ah, (laughs) B's got them," you know. The the way B makes them feel comfortable—that's how you should have been, like you get me.
0: I can't (laughs) complain because every person that comes on, I say you were my favorite. So I do it too I get it Hold on Wait it. don't
1: even Look for me mm-hmm. It's You work with Trey You work with Darren But you throw all these people In my face Don't get the game twisted Like You know As so you come back Oh I worked with him the other day Oh I love him I say, Oh yeah Okay thanks Thanks Oh yeah I love him Oh okay Thanks oh, Thanks
0: oh, <laughs> I'm sorry But you are my favourite Oh Thank you Hopefully, Darren, Ben, Troy, Deanie, <laughs> Charlie, Austin. Hopefully, you none know of those get guys them all on. I'm telling
1: you, you, you watch one day, our last one. But I'm going to get them all on the line, and it's going to. I'm going to make you pick. I'm going to pick. I'm going to make you
0: pick your work, husband, right there oh, and then. No. I'm telling oh you, I'm going to make you pick. Oh, that's going to be a difficult day. I hope it doesn't come too soon. In fact, actually, I have to say congratulations. I know that you're injured at the moment, but it still must have meant a lot to your team. Picked up a win against Reading, massive.
1: Oh, yeah, last night, boys were amazing. It was it was a proper Wickham performance. And people that know Wickham will know that. We went down to 10 men. They missed the penalty, we missed the penalty. We scored and we was just, it was great. And listen, I've said it many times that You know, we've been written off many, many times. But listen, I said, we will swing in every game. So it don't get any easier. we got Norwich on Sunday and then Watford on Wednesday. Stoke, I think the following said, don't get any easier. But it was a really good night. Um, The only thing we're disappointed is our fans ain't there to see it. And Mm -hmm. I think they won't. So they won't come for any game, which is... But they're there. They're supporting. So, you know, fingers crossed, we'll, we'll do it. So we can be in the champ next season and they can watch.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well said. So this week's guest is a man who's just joined a club known for great strikers and he is doing his best to make his name go down in their history. Let's meet the man. It's Newcastle's Callum Wilson.
1: Predict six correct scores on Super 6 this week for a chance to win £250,000. Download the app and play by 3pm on Saturday. Head to skysports.com forward slash Super 6 for more details.
0: So we just gave him a little bit of an introduction. He is joining us now. It's Newcastle's talisman. It is Callum Wilson. Hello. Hey,
2: guys. How's it going? Yo, what's going on,
0: Callum? You good, brother?
2: Yeah, good, thank you. Not too bad, not too bad.
0: Well, Callum, um, we have to start with one place because it was a huge blow for your team, Newcastle. You've picked up an injury. Um, First of all, how are you keeping? How's recovery?
2: It's going well, thank you. Um, I'm taking my time. Without rushing things and putting myself at risk, but I'm also working extremely hard to make sure that I'm back and I stay back once I'm fit again.
1: You see that injury you've got, like, I I know full well because it's quick people injuries. So, you know, me and you are quick in it. So, <laughs> last oh, hamstring, buddy. are you laughing, cow. <laughs> uh, don't do me like that, brother. I'm saying that. All right, so look, let's go to talk about Newcastle. First and foremost, how is it playing with no fans or how was it playing with no fans because I'll tell you how I feel with where I'm at but talk to me on that side because of course you've played against the fans but you ain't played Mm -hmm. with them at the moment so talk to me about that
2: Yeah for me when I heard Newcastle was interested you know that they've got such a good fan base and playing at St James's Park when it's full is probably one of the best grounds in the country and that was a massive selling point for myself unfortunately at the moment I've not got to experience those but I'm sure sooner or later, you know, with all being well and everyone's safely returning that we'll get a we'll get fans back in some sort of capacity soon.
0: Now, I've got to ask a difficult question because Newcastle are going through a tough time at the moment, slipping down the table. Michael Richards was asked, how do they stay up? How do they avoid relegation? And he highlighted you as as quite key to that. Anyone that watches football knows that you like to score the goals and it is going to be difficult for them without you. So, in the meantime, how do you think they're going to do it? How do they get themselves out of trouble, Callum?
2: Well, you know, there's no iron team, so I don't score my goals without the team providing me with the ball and the service. It's just about them providing the service for someone else and them stepping up, taking the opportunity and, you know, being clinical in front of goal. I think Alan scored last game that I watched, you know, but I think it's got to be a team effort. I don't fear for for us relegation. The The league table don't look nice at the moment and it's so frustrating for myself being injured, watching us get closer and closer to the drop. But, you know, all I can do is give lads encouragement from the side really and and get myself as fit as soon as possible.
0: You're obviously still involved in the club in terms of like, even in your recovery, although you're not in the same training sessions, you're around and about, you see all the teammates. What is it like at the moment for Newcastle players? Because there's a lot of noise around, isn't there?
2: Yeah, as a footballer, you have to block it out because once you start letting it get in and you start creating little groups in terms of each other, you know, getting into little clicks and everyone being negative, you know it's certainly gonna go one way, and it's a downward spiral and I think the lads being positive, Graham Jones coming in being a fresh face around the place and a good influence and I think everyone's still upbeat, everyone's still got that belief um everyone's working hard on the training field, and results ain't gone our way. We've played two top teams last few weeks, but um we've got a good run of games coming up now that I'm sure that boys will be will be licking their lips at to try and get some points.
1: Let's go back to your early years, yeah? So, we're going back to Coventry, right? So, how did you get scouted for Coventry? Because I, I I actually can kind of remember, I think, the last time I played against you. But we'll, we'll touch on that, you know what I'm saying? We will touch on
2: that. <laughs> so, I was playing in Coventry for a local Sunday League team called Christ the King. I was in and out of the academy for like a season. Then I'd go back to Sunday League again, just not being able to get to training and games because... Being one of six, I didn't really have to transport. The other players did. And the only way I said I'd join for them is if I get picked up for training and for my matches and basically dropped home afterwards. And that was the case. Um, at 15, I had a training game against Stoke on the AstroTurf and Steven Grizzavich was the academy manager at the time. He basically said to me straight after the game, I scored a hat-trick and put a contract in front of me to sign. I'd signed it and then had that in the year trying to get a scholarship. And that was the point when I thought, you know, this is what I want to do as a career. And when I leave school, I didn't have anything else, to be honest, uh, that I wanted to do. And my qualifications weren't going to be as good as they should have been, unfortunately. But I think, um, yeah, luckily I, I found football and a passion for that.
0: I think it's OK for me to say this, that you had a little bit of a troublesome upbringing at times. You were slightly naughty, weren't you?
2: Yeah, I guess so. You um, was a bad kid! <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, well it's, it's one of those things, you know. It, it, obviously, I'm, it's, it's hard to, to say how, uh, you know, my mum's obviously put me in, in, in an area where a lot of my family are and I've got a lot of siblings and things like that. And you're around people on the streets, really. and the area I was wasn't the best and you get bad influences and people trying to take you down the wrong path and like I say luckily I found a passion for football so two nights a week I was away from the streets training on a Saturdays I'd be training and you know it wasn't until probably 16, 17 I started knuckling down for my matches because on a Friday night I'd be out on the streets with, with all the guys thinking I was cool and they were all older than me and this and that and it was just it was just the wrong thing and That's why, you know, me now being a dad as well, I want to be the best for for my children and make sure that they're not put in the situation that I was.
1: What age did you break in then to the Coventry first team?
2: So I broke into the first team around 17, 18. I kind of had a taste for it, a little few training sessions here and there and would get put up by the academy manager at the time for, for a few days here and there. And I made my debut against Hartlepool in the Cup under Chris Coleman. You know, give me a game, put a little bit of faith in me and offered me my first professional contract. So that was kind of, you know, the start of the journey that I'm on. And, um, you know, always grateful for that moment, really.
0: Tell us a little bit about your strike partnership with Leon Clark and what that was like and and how highly you rate it when you play with other partners as well.
2: It was good. Um, It was good for me. It was good for him, obviously, and it was also good for the team. We was a partnership, but also in competition to score the most goals in that season I think as every striker is you know whenever you're in any kind of partnership you always want to be the one scoring the most goals and it's healthy we struck up a good partnership from the beginning of the season where we was on minus 10 points um and I think by September or something you know we had we had 10 goals each almost and we we was going well he left in the January and then I had to carry the burden on on myself from the from the January to the end of the season and um, yeah, he went on to Wolves to better things at the time, and um, and then I ended up ultimately leaving at the end of that season. Have you
1: always been a goal scorer? Like, like I said, we've touched on. I remember playing against you, and yeah, I think you maybe banged a hat trick in that game. Um <laughs> I recall, I don't want to give you too much props on that.
2: But <laughs> can, like, say that, that but Callum every... never,
0: he never remembers the people that he played against. They always remember him. So it's a real credit that he actually remembers you.
2: Ah, oh, it's nice. <laughs> it,
0: what was it four two?
2: Um, I can't oh, remember it, to be honest with you. I remember, yeah. <laughs> 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 See this? It just is actually, I've
1: just I banged in every level. And
2: <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. <laughs> so
1: have you always been a goal scorer? Have you always, from a youngster, have you always been a goal scorer? And who were the characters? Was you nervous going into it? Or was you, it was just like a duck to water when you when you broke in?
2: When I was coming through, we used to have to watch every game from that first team played and the likes of... Clinton Morrison, now I see it on TV all the time. Uh, Jeez, Leon <laughs> yeah, yeah, Leon Best. We had Leon Best. We had Gary McSheffrey. We had Clive Platt. We had Marlon King. We had so many good strikers oh, who wow, I was watching at the time. But it was a club where a lot of youngsters were getting opportunity. So I kind of felt I was in the in the right place. And it wasn't until the club got relegated into League One that that was when I got my opportunity, you know, when I knew, when it come around, a lot of those guys left and I knew it was my time to grasp it and show them the manager, management, my teammates and everyone, you know, I, I thrive off people doubting me and, and being underrated. And that's, that's, I think that's the best uh, someone could do for me really, because it only sets a fire off in me. And that's what happened really getting off of the contract for the same amount of money I was on for one year. And they said, you've got a year to prove yourself. And, that was when, yeah, I, I just flew, really. Um, got offered a new deal straight away in the October and refused it. And I was just being so stubborn. But that was, you know, that was my driving force. And that was Stephen Presley who did that to, that to me, really. And um, I'm grateful for that because without that, I wouldn't have been pushed as as hard as I was.
0: Coventry have gone through a fair share of problems, haven't they? Like losing their home stadium. You played at Northampton Stadium as well at your time. Do you think that they are even now a sleeping giant that are just ready to be taken you know taken to the next level?
2: I do and I don't. Um it's it's such a massive club with great history and you know even as a youngster I did support them. But now with not having a stadium in place and things like that it probably won't appeal as much to people as it would have before when you've got the Rico Arena, a great arena to play your trade and I think um, until they resolve that and sort that out or that might be, you know, after they do get taken over or something like that, then I'm not sure, you know, they're ready to keep going yet. But I hope, like I'd say this with all Coventry fans as well, that they do get back to the top as soon as possible, really.
1: So... You banged in them goals for Coventry and then Eddie Howe came calling, right? So a couple of yeah. questions.
2: Mm-hmm. Did
1: you know much about Eddie Howe? How did he convince you to go to Bournemouth and just how did that play out?
2: So at the end of that season, I had a fee agreed from Coventry by Norwich and by Bournemouth on the same day. And I drove with my agent to Norwich, had a look around the training ground, had a look at the stadium, spoke with the manager and then drove straight from there to Bournemouth. And they were worlds apart in terms of stadiums, in terms of training facilities. You know, Norwich's was unbelievable. Bournemouth was such a small training ground, um, technically a pitch just at the back of the stadium. They were getting chained in the dressing room, uh, as you would on a match day and things like that. The stadium was small. But it was the manager that sold it to me. I didn't really know anything about him, to be honest, at the time. I sat down, had a meeting with him. He sat down, showed me clips and basically just said to me, this is how you're going to play. This is how I want you to play. And if you do this with this team, we'll be successful. And they had a plan to get to the Premier League within two years. That obviously matched my ambition of getting to the Premier League as soon as possible. And we did it in a season, which is, you know, history.
0: (laughs) What was that like? And what were the celebrations like?
2: It was unreal. It's the first time I'd tasted a bit of success in football in terms of a team uh, game. And yeah, it was a nice feeling, you know, my life was going to change. I knew that. And I knew that also a lot of my teammates was going to change as well. And that was a nice feeling, you know, for them, their families and things like that. Because you're going to fulfil your dream as a as a child of playing in the Premier League. But also there's such great financial rewards of getting there as well. That it changes your life in that aspect as well. So you've got to be ready for all areas of your life to change, but stay humble with it at the same time.
1: All right, so you got to the Prem, and if my research is is correct and that, you started off on, on flames banging a hat-trick against West Ham, right? Come on, I'm, I'm telling you now, I'm knowledgeable, I'm knowledgeable. All
2: right. Google, man, it's Google. <laughs>
1: Why, what are we talking about, man? i have be watching your career play boy. What I want you to do, I want you to tell me, so you started it, and then you got a, a real serious injury, like mm-hmm. proper bad injury. At that time, was there any doubt that first you can come back from the injury and two, did you then start feeling like, "Raw oh, man, I'm going to, I've missed my opportunity from that. Talk to me where your mind was.
2: Yeah, so it's always tricky talking about the negative times, but I like to because it helps other people. Like you say, I think for me, I had five goals in six games. Premier League career just started. <laughs> Premier League careers, <laughs> uh, you know, it took off. I was like, this, is, this game's easy, man. This is <laughs> what well, it's cracked no up to be. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you know, um, there's talks about England and this and that. And you think, actually, you know, this could actually be a dream that becomes a reality here. So stay humble, like I say, always focus and, and, and take each game at a time. And playing Stoke Away. The ball's gone over my head, and I've gone in for a challenge where I should never have gone in for it. In hindsight, but I always believe, you know, your path is mapped out, and and what's meant to be was meant to be. But unfortunately, I took a serious knee injury that day. did my ACL? First experience of a major injury. My, my yeah, my whole world went upside down. Basically, in that moment, you go from potentially being going into England. This was I think before even. Harry Kane and Vardy and all that had come onto the scene as well. So you kind of look back and think, well, what could have been, you know? Yeah, yeah, but I feel, yeah. but I, I kind of, I kind of feel there was people saying from a serious knee injury like this, you might not come back the same player as you as you was. Um, it's difficult to come back from. Is his career going to be over? Is he going to be the same? This and that. And it was all like I say, motivation for me to do my rehab. I did probably rush my rehab with it being my first Premier League season. wanted to get back and prove myself again. I probably, you know, it took me six and a half months to recover from an ACL. And that nowadays is probably nowhere near the time I should have took to actually get myself to a point where I feel ready to play again. And it got to a point where I'm back playing, but I wasn't back playing, you know, I wasn't myself, I wasn't. running properly I wasn't doing all the things I could have been found myself on the bench and all of a sudden I'd gone from leaving the scene on fire coming back not even being able to get in the starting 11 and I'm thinking you know what's happening here sat down with the manager and things like that and you know obviously this is open I like to be honest as well and there was an opportunity in the January to go to West Brom. I think they was was willing to bid, you know. And I said to the manager, "This is me. This is time time for me to go," you know. And then it got to a point where he said, "No, listen, you're gonna you're gonna stay." And that was probably the weak side of me coming out. And I thought, actually, do you know what? I ain't leaving this place without leaving some history behind me. You know, I'm gonna stay, fight for my place, this and that. And then actually, the day after the transfer window closed, I'd done my second ACL. Obviously, he'd gone from wanting to leave the day before to the next minute doing your ACL. And it was in a session, you, one of them sessions, you know, where if you play a game on a Saturday, you're off on the Sunday, you recover on the Monday. All the players that are on the bench play the played training session on the Monday. And it was in one of them training sessions. And I was cursing the manager because I, shouldn't, I, I felt I shouldn't have even been in that training session. I should have been in the starting 11 on the weekend. So you had all that to deal with. But I just thought this is an opportunity to get both knees right, come back a different animal and show everyone, you know, that's written you off once that it can't write you off again and and come back a different player. And yeah, here I am now.
0: That's hard. So going through those experiences, I imagine, to be honest, I can't imagine what it's like. How important is it? And did you have the right people around you to kind of... Because you must have had some dark times in those moments.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think... Being able to do rehab at work and then come home to my children was definitely a help to switch off mentally from what was going on. It was difficult, my son growing up, wanting to play football and him not understanding why I can't go in the garden with him, have a kick around and uh, different things like that. But now he's a little bit older, you know, he's eight now. He understands that that was a tricky period. You also, you like you say, you have your dark moments. I tried to break up my second rehab and go away every three months to a different destination to do work. So I went to Dubai, I went to Aspatar in Qatar, I went to Philadelphia. Because for me, I learned from the first time that I was out for six and a half months, but when I actually come back, I was mentally drained because I put so much into my rehab and so much effort in mentally at this time I wanted to come back, recharge, refreshed in all areas of you know and aspects of my of my life and career and um, come back and second game I think it was I scored a hat trick which was you know, it's nice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> come on now, bro. it's just it's the hat trick man at You know what I what I love the most when I'm hearing you talk? It's like and I think listen I don't know if people get it or don't get it, but football is as tough mentally as it is physically and what I'm hearing from your story is that you know what of course we all have in life trials and tribulations and I do think people only see what they see on a Saturday but don't see what goes in behind closed doors and I feel like what you're saying you say you want to be honest and you get that from you is that football or life in general but of course we're gonna specific it to football is that the mental side of it is so much so as important. You
2: understand what I'm saying? 100%. I feel there's so many different aspects mentally uh, that's hard within football environments. You have the injury side of things, you have the not playing when you are fit side of things, you have the missing Christmas with the kids and and New Year's with the kids and things like that side of things. There's so many sacrifices you have to make but on the other hand, you know, you're rewarded greatly for that. So, for me, I'd never change it for the world. You know, I love putting my all into football because it's not going to be around forever. So I'm just relishing every moment, opportunity that I do get to play. And I feel, yeah, it's not a game for the mentally weak, really. And I feel the, the more stronger you are mentally, the higher you'll go. You know, we in football. I feel that if I was not as strong mentally as I would have been, then for me, I would never have made it to the Premier League, really.
0: Callum, it's going to feel a bit like some sort of counselling session for you now because um, I'm going to take you from injury to relegation. Sorry about that, <gasps> but I remember. <laughs>
2: no, no, it's, it's the hard on, so
0: but I do remember that last game of the season last year or last Premier League season. I was at that game. I was working it for Sky, and I remember the ramifications or the permutations on that final day were mad. With like Villa and a couple of other teams involved as well, went there. It was a real roller coaster. Genuinely, that day. And I spoke to Eddie Howe afterwards, and it was one of those interviews that you just think, How? I've never had an interview like it where you have to interview a manager fresh off the fact that he's just been relegated. And it felt like a, a, a really huge moment for Eddie Howe and the club as well. And they obviously stuck by him for a little while before them parting ways. But how was it for you? towards the end of that season, being embroiled in a relegation battle for a start and then actually experiencing the relegation itself. And did you always know that you were like, you know what, I'm a Premier League player, so I need to move to a Premier League club?
2: Yeah, for me, it was obviously, you know, so frustrating the way the season was panning out. We got to a point where we had lockdown and I think think when we come back, we knew it was going to be nine games to save our season or something around that. And, you know, you, you... for me, I was within lockdown, working as hard as possible to try and stay as fit as I can to try and help the team get to a point where you know we're safe and stuff like that. And it was a bit of a frustrating season for me because I was having, I was, I had a niggle from around November on my Achilles, and as a as a kind of type of player that I am, it was aggravated me game in game out, and I probably should have took time out to to kind of let it settle but when you're in a relegation fight and you're scrapping for points every week I thought the team need me, I need to show some heart and desire here whether I've got a little niggle or not and I think trying to influence everyone else around me really. I feel the last game of the season it come down to ultimately we had to just do our job on the day and we showed what we can actually do which is the most frustrating part because it was too late so I kind of feel if we'd have done that throughout the season, and you look back on games where you've thrown it away last minute, or you conceded a draw, or you know the different scenarios of Villa not having goal line technology on on the day, and that extra point being a difference, and things like that, and you you obviously you know I just kind of feel that that was the it was destined to happen at the end of the day, no matter how how things were going to pan out, and it was frustrating disappointing, sad the way it ended, but I kind of didn't have any doubt in my mind that I could not play in the championship. You know, as much as I'd love Bournemouth to come back up to the Premier League, I wasn't prepared to sacrifice a bit of my career to that, to try and to play in the championship just because I had ambitions and I've been I've missed so much football through injuries, probably almost two years, three years with injuries that I didn't want to sacrifice a season to try and get into the Euro squad and to try and get to the Premier League and, and things like that, really, which is, you know, it's just, like I say, just being brutally honest.
1: Listen, I've been relegated a few times, so we can skip past that quickly, but you did touch <laughs> you touched on that you got relegated with Coventry, right? So how did yeah. getting relegated with Bournemouth, did it feel different? What was What was the difference in the feelings of being relegated at both different clubs?
2: Well, at Coventry it was it was a different one because it was a different kind of feeling because like I say, I supported them as a kid growing up. And that was, you know, it's the more fan in me that was disappointing for the relegation because I wasn't really playing and didn't really have much of a part to play in the relegation. I kind of just felt like these guys need to be fixing up basically and, and keeping us up and scoring the goals and whatnot. And then the Bournemouth one, I you know, I put so much of my career there, seven years I think it was, you know, we've had so many highs, so many ups and downs throughout the way that it was sad that it ended like that. And, you know, a lot of the the teammates were friends and best friends and close friends and got on so well with them that I was disappointed that they were then going to go down to the championship, you know, and you kind of, you know, from a selfish point of view for myself, I kind of felt like, you know, I have to move on. It's time for me to yeah, move yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. But I hope I hope you come up as soon as possible. I said that to the manager, to the staff, and to everyone really. And like I say, I still believe that now, and I want him to get back as soon as possible. What
0: do you think would be Eddie Howe's next move? Do you think it would be a job back in the Premier League?
2: Yeah, I do. He's too good of a manager for the Championship, to be honest. Uh, he's brought me on in my career so much. Uh, I owe a lot to him for that, and I do still keep in touch with him from time to time. But I feel. He's got a lot to offer to the Premier League, and you know, he'd be right for a club that's you know, either just come up mid-table kind of team. I guess he's probably wanting to prove himself again after relegation. He's probably like any player you want to prove that you, you're fit enough for that level. And I think to do what he did with a club the size of Bournemouth and sustain the Premier League status for that many years. You know, he's obviously serves a statue outside this stadium, to be honest. All
1: right, what was the one, as a manager, you've dealt with different managers, what was the one thing mm-hmm. that he brought out of you that you're just like, yo, you know what, yeah, what was the that, as a striker, as a player, you know, you say he's too good for the champ, what was that one thing that Eddie Howe had or said to you that you will always be like, yeah, you know what, boom, this guy's the guy? Um,
2: he'd never praised me you know? So like, to so say for example, you know, I knew I played well. I knew I was the man of the match in the game. I knew, yeah, you're the man today. He wouldn't be like, ah, oh, like you know, like how some managers yeah, are so yeah, buzzing yeah. for the player yeah. at the time. He he kind of knew the way I worked as a as a person and was kind of just like. He, he he like that's what you kind of that's what you do. But I'm not gonna praise you. You already know it, so I'm not gonna like praise you. So he didn't want to make my head any biggie, and you know, I always kept my feet on the ground. I Come back from England squad, and uh, and he was making sure my feet is on the ground. You know, saying, "Oh, listen, don't let now that change you." You know, obviously for your club level and things like that. I've seen a lot of players go be England internationals throughout. Like my time watching football. And come back to to your club level and not be the same player. He I mean, just, you know, straight away shut me down. Come back, big <laughs> smile on my face, buzzing. You know, just got got my debut shirt and everything. Everyone congratulated me for scoring goal. He was basically just like, get your feet on the ground, get ready for Saturday. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. that's what I liked about him really. Yeah. He kind of knew the character I was working with him for so long that, you know, I thrive off, like I say, of people doubting me and that and, 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 not, and not really giving me the credit I deserve. And that's what he'd done and got to get the best out of me, to be honest.
0: Well, you got your move in the Premier League and you got your move to Newcastle. When that came in,
2: yeah.
0: how long did you know about it in advance? And were you like, wow, this is, I mean, this is Newcastle, you know, you can't turn down a move like that.
2: For me, having the opportunity to go back to the Premier League again, you know, I was so grateful for that to come around. On the the same day Newcastle was agreed, Aston Villa was agreed as well. So, wow. for me, I had to. Oh, both of them. Hey, how
1: come you be moving with double clubs on double days?
2: Like everywhere <laughs> you be going? <gagged? laughs> I'd like to keep my options I open. Yeah, it a tricky one. I, I, did, I, I spoke with both managers. I kind of wanted to have the opportunity to, to go and see both clubs, similar to how I did with Norwich and Bournemouth. Kind of wrote down both. Pros and cons for both clubs on a sheet of paper, similar to how I make my big decisions, really. I looked at squads, I looked at everything and found that, well, you know, no one could have predicted how Aston Villa's season is going to go this season. No one could have predicted how Newcastle's is going so far. But for me, when Newcastle come around, there's such history of the club, like an iconic club, number nine, You know, I keep in touch with Shearer from time to time. So for me, it was like a a connection there as well. So I thought, you know, I could go up there, prove to everyone up in such a big club who Colin Wilson is. And and for me, that was what I was, you know, relishing. Villa was back home, but it was, you know, I watched Goal as a kid, you know, Mm -hmm. the film. (laughs) <laughs> For me, it gives me goosebumps and stuff. Even, even, even though you know the, the, the film and the way it's all made and yeah, that, is, yeah, 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 you know, it's yeah, not yeah. it's not the best. It's not the best, but it's you know, it's the story behind it was what always got me. And I was thinking, this is me now. This is Newcastle. It's it's time to to go up there and like I say, show everyone up in Geordieland who Colin Wilson is. Do
0: you have any regrets?
2: No, I never. Yeah, I stand by my decision. I made my decisions at that point in time. Based on the facts that I'd written down in front of me and the opportunities that was in front of me, I stand by my, by my decision and um, and yeah, it's it's been a good one.
1: So listen and and be real because I think you will. Yeah, was there at one point that you was thinking, oh, Bob Alan Shearer. But if I stay there for like 10 years to try and get his, is there any, was there any point where you be like, boy, that number nine shirt is so iconic that it just brings added pressure? Like, you want to hit the ground running wherever you go. You get what I'm saying? But was mm. there, I, yeah. I think I get, I get what you're saying, but I'm just frying this out there. Was there, at one point you're thinking, oh man, that's pressure I don't need just because you walk in there, you know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> boy, I don't need that, yeah. They're going to be like, Alan Shearer scored this many goals in this many games. And was it... Shearer scored that. Yeah, you know, Shearer would have that. He would have backed <laughs> that. Or was, it, or was it the opposite? Was it just like, nah, you know what? Because
2: it is Alan Shearer, I'm going to go. Yeah, for me, I actually enjoy, you know, the pressure I of different things. I kind of... For, for me, going up there, I did at the time, you know, want the number nine shirt. I can't lie, like I say, being honest, I was thinking, go up there, number nine, it's already taken, but you can only, you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. You know what I them want. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, I go up there, ask for it, you know, it'd be a great shirt to, to hit the ground running in. But I actually was enjoying the fact that I was going to such a big club to be the main striker, but also to score goals, the pressure on me to score goals. And I felt that the season before, previous to that, the strikers and attacking players hadn't scored as many as they should. So I kind of feel I wanted to go up there, add to that, also create partnerships with those guys and get to a point where we can we can both flourish.
0: Did you have a conversation with Joe Linton when you were like, are you OK? And he said, I'm struggling a little bit or he explained why it's hard to adapt to life in the Premier League?
2: No, the only conversation we had was, can I have your shirt number? <laughs> <laughs> no, i
0: <I'm> was joking.
2: <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking. Eh. You're not, are you? <laughs> yeah. You're not, brother. No. I
1: <laughs> was like, are you a big man, yeah? Bob, I'm here,
0: yeah? I-, I beg, give me the tr- <laughs> Did you say, like, whoever scores first in the next no. match gets number nine? No?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, do, you know, do, you know, do you know what i am um, as much as i can say i look i did look the number nine shirt i didn't want to rock, go up there and rock the boat and start causing carnage straight away as you know as soon as i, as soon as I walked in the door so i just thought 13 at the time was becoming available because muto was leaving so i thought you know i would take that like i say stay humble don't go in there start trying to take shirts off people and then if it does come available in the future or Joey wants to pass it over or anything like that you know he'd it, be welcome with open arms but he's younger than me and he's adapting to life in England and the language and there's so many things to be fair to him that he's, he's going to have to deal with along with the pressure of that shirt as well and him being the number nine for his, the money that he did but he's such a nice guy and I, you know sometimes I feel sorry for him because it's not through the want of trying, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, because he, he he works hard. He's like I say, a nice guy. He's always happy, smiling around the place, and never let any of the negativity get to him, which is what I you know I praise him for. But yeah, he needed help. I needed help when we go up there and playing. Alan needs help, you know. We all need to come together. Um, there's no individuals really that should be you know set apart from the rest. I think we're all a team and um, we all need to help each other get the goals that we need. Because like I said earlier, I don't score goals without those guys providing me with the ball, you know. And I don't and and obviously the team don't win if, if I don't take my chances. So there's pressure on all of us really to play our part.
1: The jump from Bournemouth to Newcastle is is big in the sense of stature of club in it. So no disrespect to Bournemouth. So when you walked in the change room,
2: mm-hmm.
1: who was the most friendly? Who like kind of uh, yeah, oh, yo, Callum, come here. Brother. You can't <laughs> say Ryan, though. <laughs> yeah, you can't say, you can't say hey Ryan. He's your boy already. You knew him in it. So not him. who else is just like, yo, man, you know what I'm saying? Who was,
2: who's one of them brothers who kind of embraced you the biggest? I'd say it was Matt Ritchie, just because I knew him from Bournemouth before he'd been calling me every day and non-stop when it was talked about moving to Newcastle. Oh. You know, he's calling me every day, Cow, Cow, come up, come up. I was like, Give me a yard, mate. Let me make a decision <laughs> myself, you know. That so you too. um I don't know, to be honest. I can't say no, I can't say yes. I'd probably say maybe him being a friend from Bournemouth that yeah, maybe I guess, <laughs> yeah. He's um you know, like I say, when someone's calling you constantly telling you to, to, to join the club and, you know, telling me how great it is, you're kind of do have that set aside. And, you know, it was probably more of a positive mm. for Newcastle, I guess, because I've got someone that I know and trust that was there. And I also have Tyra Mings at Villa, you know, who I know, and obviously asked about coming. He was and was doing and the same. So, honestly, it was a week where I just had to put my phone away and just, like I say, make a decision based on pros and cons for myself and make a decision how where I felt I'd fit the best. Newcastle was was my final decision really, and then you had Andy Carroll who was a big character in there. I think my first training session, he was saying he's taking penalties, and <laughs> you know what it's like as a striker, bare away, man trying to tell you I'm having penalties for that. That's. <laughs> That's five goals there, you know oh, what I mean? You so I was way, like, nah. You know Because I, mean? oh, I so know it.
1: Like, I haven't been one for penalty takers, but I know goal scorers. And you're a goal scorer. Yeah. So when a goal scorer comes into the building, man's like, what? Hey, big man <laughs> I'm taking
2: the pens. Yeah, to be fair, we, said, uh, we had an agreement. He said, you know, I'll give you assists so you can get all your goals. But I want penalties, obviously, you know, I said, I said, that's fine. And then <laughs> we had the situation where he was on the pitch at Spurs and it hadn't really been decided, had it, before the game um, and stuff. But then, and he had the ball and then, you know, I was happy for him to take the pen. Like I say, we stated it out in the dressing room and stuff beforehand. And then the manager shouted over, he wanted me to take it. So... That was it, the rest is history, rest you know, history. you listen to the yeah. boss's orders and uh <laughs> I ain't missed yet. I know he's waiting, <laughs> I know he's waiting, I know he's waiting for it. <laughs> so you've touched on it. Who's the biggest characters in the change of room? I'd say Andy is, he's a bit he's the Joker, he's like, you know, the personality in there and making everyone laugh all the time. And um yeah, I'd say I'd say he's up there, yeah. Him and Matt Ritchie are like a double act basically, <laughs> you don't see one without the other. <laughs> And, um, yeah, they're always having um, a laugh and joke, to be honest. And Steve Bruce, I'm just, what's, what's he like? Just generally, what's he like? He's very much a people person, you know. He's like a man-manager, kind of the guy to put his arm around, you. Yeah, if you're having a bad time, put his arm around, you tell you how great you are when you're having a good time, make you feel 10 feet tall kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's it's obviously, he's from up there. It's such a big opportunity. And there's a lot of pressure that comes with the job, not just as a as a player, you know, as a manager, it's even greater. And um, yeah, I feel he's doing his best. He's working as hard as he can, you know. Like I say, results haven't gone our way, and the team's not in a position where we'd like to ideally be. But it's not through the want of players and staff not trying. It's it's just through, you know, it's just unfortunate. Do you have banter with him? Things and <laughs> yeah, you can yeah yeah you do have a bit of banter with him to be fair. Yeah, it's not great, but it's it? It's manager and player banter, you know, where yeah, know. You can't know, take but, it too yeah, far. And <laughs> so, wait a minute. Oh, what, guys, uh, yeah, wait, he...
0: wait. What? What is manager player banter? Is it like basically he'll make a joke and you'll laugh because he's your manager, but it's not Depends. funny. Depends.
2: <laughs> There's some of them. Even if it's not funny, yeah. I just like, kind of uh, like laugh and be like. Yeah, it's a good one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know
0: what it want to be
1: cool and that. He seems like one of them there. You get me? So he would jump at it and be like,
2: you see that
0: Stormzy last night? Good fellow. You'd be like, <laughs> good yeah, fellow.
2: Gaff. Good one, Bob. Good one. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a funny guy. Does he guy. ever get involved
0: in training? Guy, yeah. Does he think he's still got a bit?
2: No, he definitely don't get involved in terms of <laughs> playing. He, he's the referee sometimes and... <laughs> give some of the worst decisions in the world but you know, he's, he's 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 a great guy like let like you say you know you, you see interviews and mm. you you feel like or you get the vibe he feels stressed and you, you feel sorry you feel sorry for for him because like I say I see what he's doing behind the scenes yeah, and how hard he works and trying to get the players organized and mm. a lot of it you know is unfair and we had a bad run you know, hands down and and everyone everyone knows that there's there's no hiding behind that. But we turned it around, got a few positive results and things. So it's just about building from that now. And yeah, ultimately fans want success and that's what we're trying to bring as a team and as players.
0: Can I ask about Alan St. Maximum? So it must have been about a year ago now. I remember um, I wrote an article because my dad's a Newcastle fan and I've got quite a lot of, a big degree of basically a soft spot for Newcastle. And I'm an Arsenal fan. And I remember I was writing a piece about Alan St. Maximum and I said something along the lines of like, we we're talking about his development and his end game, his, you know, his end product, basically. I wrote yeah. something along the lines of like, until then, I can't wait for him to rip up defences and then, like, sky the ball to the moon or something. And then I tweeted it out, and then he retweeted he back. And he was like, I'll try. He said something like, I'll keep trying, Laura, and say hi to your dad. Because I would said in the piece that, that my dad's a Newcastle fan. And I was like, I hope he hasn't read the bit where I say, he oh, no, must have done. Like, he's going to sky the wall to the moon. But you're wrong I know you're I'm so bad. That's I'm for so, for I'm for for you. But the whole thing was bigging him up. It was just that one last paragraph. But and I'm not saying I've yeah. got anything to do with it at all. But since then, his game is massively developing, isn't it? And you kind of expect players that when they come to the Premier League, it'll take a little bit of time. How impressive is he, I suppose, in training, first of all? And then how impressed are you with what he's doing this season?
2: Yeah, so For me, the, the the first time I actually seen him and was aware of him was... When I, was, I think I watched the game on telly, and who's this dude wearing a Gucci right, headband yeah. in the game? <laughs> you know, I thought the same, so, big man. I thought the same. I, 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 you know, you know, I was thinking, what's going on here? Then obviously he'd just come to the league and things like that. And then we played against Newcastle. I was, I was sat at, sat that game out, so I was in the stand watching. He got three assists, and I was thinking, okay, that's why he's wearing a Gucci yeah, headband. You know, he's one of them characters where one minute he, you could, you know, he could just turn it on, and such a flair player. And then going to meet him. When I went up to Newcastle, that's probably a factor in me signing as well, having the opportunity to play with players like that who are going to drag people away from me to create space for me. And, um, yeah, he's a great trainer, always doing tricks and and things like that. And some stuff you see, you're like, whoa, this, this kid could go to the top, you know. And, yeah, he's such a nice guy, always smiling, always happy. And his end product is improving. You know, he worked hard. He had a spell where he was out throughout this season with coronavirus, obviously was out out for a little while. And then you notice the difference when he's not there to when he is there. So you kind of feel like, okay, for me as a striker, I was scoring goals when he wasn't and when he's there. So I just focus on myself really in terms of making sure my standards stay high. But in terms of our general play and, like I say, him attracting players away from me, I felt that since I got back fit again, uh, no, since he got back fit again, sorry, I was experiencing that a lot more than when he wasn't there.
0: I've got to ask as well. So um, when I did this article, I did a lot of research on him. I didn't just willy-nilly, you know, just write a load of rubbish. I mean, it was rubbish. But yeah. um, one thing that I did find out was that he is one of the most fine players. So for perhaps like tardiness, but also for like coming <laughs> yeah. and turning up in loads of jewellery, like wearing all of his necklaces. But well, you allowed to wear jewellery at your club. Well, that—that's apparently what they get fined for. Is that right, Colin?
2: There's no earrings allowed. You can wear watches and things like that. Like I say, he's a great guy. My first—I think it was my first away, the first game. I think it was, and he turned up in a yellow tracksuit. Everyone's in their Newcastle Newcastle attire. <laughs> Alan's in a yellow tracksuit, looking like Ali G, and I'm thinking. <laughs> what's happening here then you know I think he got I took a little fine then and I think he wasn't he wasn't sure and stuff you know obviously with it all being the virus and and, and things like that (laughs) Um, yeah he's a funny guy like I say yeah he doesn't fail to amuse you a lot of I times. love
0: that you just said he wasn't sure because of the virus that so his go-to was yellow tracksuit.
1: <laughs> <Let laughs> I'm not sure. <him> let <laughs> him live. I like him already. I like him. He, 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 I think I see one training ground goal he scored and they're screaming pass it, pass it and it's just where he just beat everybody and then put it in the other corner. That's him, innit? it?
2: Yeah, it must have been. It must have been. He's, yeah, he's that kind of that kind of guy, like I say. He's... he's he said products is improving now, along with that side of the game is important. I
0: remember that, bio because that I think was the season, Callum, before you were there. It was around like January last year, maybe. Because I remember that in particular, because everyone, the club, were like, "Look, look what he can do! Like he's this good at play. Just need to transfer that to the to the pitch, basically, into the games." Cal Question for you: If he gets fined for jewellery and all that sort of stuff and wearing his earrings and maybe the wrong tracksuits, have you been fined by Newcastle yet? Or are you quite good?
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm professional, to say <laughs> the least. Yeah. You know, I like, to, I like to stay just out of I the, would out of the you. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> I, 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 I,
1: I would find you, something. You can't find me for no reason. I, man, I would, I would no, tell no, you a no, time no, no, no. where you've got to be in at 10, but I tell you 10 past just to find you. are like
2: Matt Bloom. <laughs> Paul is club. key. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, you know I, try, I try to just stay under the radar, you know. I'm, like I say, I'm there to, to work and to, to do my job on the pitch. So I do everything I can to, to help with that. When I'm yeah, off the pitch, teaches. you know, so I'll make sure I'm yeah, yeah, in yeah, on time, yeah, yeah, yeah in goody. on time. Make, it, so yeah, that's 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 the way. But you don't, like, uh, you don't get to the top, you know, by oh, right. corners. So, hey, hey LW, you, you see that? Saying? That was an underhanded punch. That. There, you see that? I'll
1: see what he did so, there? So, yeah, see what he did so, there?
2: So, so when you're working on your chest, when you're working on your chest, <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on my, <laughs> my legs, you know. So you're working on my legs, brother. I'm working on my touch. You're working on your chest. I'm working on my touch.
0: Fair uh, point, then, not right. <laughs> the virus ain't hey, stopping me. You watch what I'll see you next, man. I swear <laughs> now.
1: They let fans in on the 17th of May. I'm coming to your game. Oi, <laughs> 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 right, Clinton, though. All right, before we touch on that, you made it to the top because that nicely moves on to... All right, let me ask you a question before we talk about England, yeah? So, you know, you said you was on the roads, innit? And could have, you know, yes. it was before you got professional. And be honest, was there ever one time that you ever thought that you would be valued at 50 million? Because there was one time that they were chatting about, yo, Callum Wilson, to get him 50 million dollars, pounds. Sorry, that was rush hour when I went in my head. Um, you know what I'm saying? It was rush hour. I watched it with the kids yesterday. So was there ever one point that you thought you like, yeah, you know what? Boy, if I do it right, I could be worth 50 million.
2: No, to be honest. Um, you know, I always thought when I started playing football, And I started scoring and things like that. I thought, yeah, you know, you can play, you can score. You just got to keep doing the right things and things like that. But I never thought that a 50 mil would be surrounded by my name. I felt we would do a job. You put me on the pitch, I'll score you a goal get you an assist. You know, I always feel that I'm capable of doing that. You know, people pluck these figures out of the sky sometimes. So you see players moving for X amount and you think, they're not worth that, I'm better than them. Do you know what I mean? You kind of gauge yourself like that, but... I kind of, like I say, always just focus on myself and on the pitch and what you're doing with your job and let the people outside do all that talking and, and stuff. So I never really, like I say, thought about the, the £50 million thing and what I'd be kind of valued at as a player, really.
1: All right, cool. I hear that. Humble. I like it. Stay humble. All right, so let's talk about England. <laughs> Debut yeah. and score. Tell me where that ranks in your career. And you can't be humble now. Don't be humble. Nah. You know, this is a real thing now. Nah. Like, let the world know it. Just like how I talk about my chest and that and you want to talk about your legs. Yeah. You get me,
2: cos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tell, <laughs>
1: <laughs> tell me, uh, tell me, where does that rank for you? Talk to me.
2: Yeah, that's, that's up there. You know, that's probably the, my highlight of my career so far to date. You know, I'd say representing my country, the time when it was, like I say, I'd had all the setbacks before it, which made it even sweeter because, for me, it had taken away from me, kind of, when it was almost there. I could always smell it when I got my first ACL injury. And then, it, you know, come back from that, England not inside. Do my second one, England not really inside, just getting my swing of things going again. And I had that season where we, we was on fire at Bournemouth, the front three, front four of us were scoring for fun. Me, Fraser, King and uh, Brooks was doing well, you know. And then the opportunity come around and that was when I was like, okay... You've waited so long for this moment that you should never even be nervous. Like, don't even think about nerves, you know. Mm-hmm. And and for, for me, it was just a case of going out there and showing the world you deserve to be on this stage, you know. So in my head, like I say always, a thrive of people doubting me. I felt that at that moment in time, playing behind Harry Kane, you know, I was getting an opportunity to play and to showcase myself people would be kind of thinking, what's what's Callum doing here, you know, kind of thing. And coming from Bournemouth, a smaller club, everyone there is top four, top six in the Premier League. And I was thinking, okay, so you've got to prove to yourself, to the rest of the players, to Southgate, and to, to the whole world watching that you deserve to be on this stage now. And that was my mentality going into the game. I missed a chance straight away, missed another chance. And I was like, okay, keep going, you know. I use an analogy of like, Throwing darts, you know, so if you're in front of a dartboard, you're trying to throw darts, you're trying to hit the bullseye. It's rare you hit it first time. And if you do, it's like, OK. So when I have shots and I miss, OK, you're getting closer, you know, you're getting closer, keep going, keep going. And that was my mentality in that game. And I uh, got an opportunity. I felt like I was just going to come off as a sub, see Rashford woman not standing there. I was like, well, oh, it's time, you know, it's time. It's now or never. you got to make this run across the near stick. So I made the run and when it hit the back of the net, it's like, yeah, no one can ever take that away from me. Do you know what I mean? Like, representing my country, scored on my debut. That's just like history. Do you know what I mean? It's a fact. So, it's you know, it's a proud moment for me. Buzz every time I talk about it. And, um, you know, it depends how long you've got. I can talk for hours about it, you know. <laughs> got a little bit more
0: time. Wait, what I want to ask you is, um, when you walked into the dressing room, what it was like? And we had Declan Rice on and he was saying like, the level of, of training all of a sudden just went up. So what you're used to where the club that you come from. You go into England training, you just can't believe how phenomenal these players are.
2: Yeah, so, Bale, you'll be able to relate, you know. Training is different to a match day in terms of sometimes your mentality. In training, at your club, you'll have a little laugh and a joke, have a bit of banter with the lads in the boxes, things like that. Match day is serious, you know, you're focused. But going into the England dressing room, you know that the level is, is up here. So every training session is match day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, every yeah, yeah, gym yeah. session is every gym session is match day. Like there's no for me there was no there's no messing around. Yeah, you have a laugh and a joke with the lads and show your personality. When it's work time, it was work time for me. I had to try and show everyone and try and, you know, you're proving to yourself the whole time that you're there, you deserve to be there because you have got players like I say that are in playing in, you know, City United, all these top teams Liverpool, banging Liverpool, twenty Liverpool, plus Liverpool, goals, Liverpool, 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 Liverpool. Liverpool. Liverpool all top teams. You know, <laughs> you, you, you've, you've got you've got basically, you know, you've got you've got these players banging in fifteen twenty goals a season, and you you want to compare yourself against them, see where you are in terms of you know how far off you are from these guys, but also show them that you deserve to be there. And you know, for for me, going in there boxes was a joke. Possession was a joke. Everything finishing was a joke. I was uh, like, so like I say, for me everything's match day. For so my finishing sessions that we're doing with Kane and with Rashford, Sterling, Sancho, I'm thinking that ain't no messing about now. You've got to be like clinical how you would in the game, and you know people say you should train like that every day anyway. But you're gonna have days where you have a little bit of more of a laugh and a joke, or say you do a finishing session, you have a competition with the team with with your teammate, or who can score the most, and this takes your focus away a little bit whereas this session was like serious and that's where i felt when i was there i come back to Bournemouth a different player i was like so, i was, i felt like i was so much sharper mentally physically and technically better than when i left you know so i think training with them better players actually brought out the best in me as well
1: i know exactly what you're saying i've been in training sessions when i moved clubs and think like oh Raw oh, man, these men are going to think I'm bare average. I want to lie to nobody out here. So I'm like, oh, let me go to my go-to. My go-to's headering, isn't it? So you're like, when they, when they start crossing, I'm going to have to power it in and be like, this is, my, this is my strength. So for you, who was that when you just was like close? And listen, when you play against teams, you see movement, you see them, and your defenders will know it. But when you train with them, you're kind of like, yo, I see their technique. How good. Who has one? Give me one striker or one player that you was just like, yo, that person's a problem.
2: It was Ross Barkley, I'd say, to me. Nice. Uh, obviously, in in a game, right, I don't come against Ross, really. So, mm. you know, I'll kind of, you kind of, you see the strikers, what they're doing, because they're in your position. Yeah. You see the defenders, because you're, you're playing against them week in, week out. Whereas Ross, I'm not really head-to-head with, you know, in terms of trying to tackle or, trying to defend against or, you know, trying to take on and things like that, or doing a finishing session with, basically. And when I was there watching, like, obviously, involved in the finishing, watching him train, and and he was in and around me, I thought, this guy's a serious player, you know, obviously, in terms of finishing left foot, right foot was a joke. I was thinking, he's a midfielder, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, everything everything, stanch, stanch, stanch. I was thinking, whoa, <laughs> I'm making sure it goes in, keeping it on the floor, you know, I'm corner wraps and whatnot. Everything was just top corner. I was thinking, this is a different level here. And, um, and yeah, obviously, like I say, the way he carries the ball, the way he was dribbling, for me, I thought, you know, obviously you go in there and you know who's good. You see him week in, week out and everyone is, you know, above average to be at that level. But you don't realise how good you are until you actually train with them. And that's, for me, that was where I was taken back by Ross's ability, to be honest.
0: Were you surprised that Chelsea let him go to Aston Villa?
2: It's only a loan, isn't it? But I think, um, but I feel, yeah, well, I was. And uh, <laughs> what I would say is that uh, he's obviously at Villa now and, and stuff like that. And like I say, training with him, he's unreal and stuff. um but yeah, I think. But what you want to say,
0: guys? But what <laughs> you were you'd like to play with him, didn't you? Is that what you said, guys? What were you saying? Yeah, you were going to
2: say. Yeah I, I, yeah, I was going to say, you know, obviously playing playing them with a, uh, training and whatnot at international level for me as a striker, he'd be a great person to play with in club level. He'd happily score goals and things like that. I didn't even realize he was going to go on loan from Chelsea. or right? That I was have, going
0: to be my question.
2: I would have said to the manager, "You've got to bring him up here," because. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, he's, he's unbelievable and there. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, for me, I've got other great players in John Joe Shalvey and players like that who can play unbelievable balls, who, you know, obviously also contributing as well to to my season. Because
0: it surprised me because even as a loan, you know, it's and where Chelsea found themselves at one point in the league, obviously now they're kind of hitting their stride a little bit with Tuchel and all that, but it did surprise me because I was thinking they must have not looked at Villa as any kind of competition to allow that to happen to go to a uh, another team a rival team potentially in the Premier League just wouldn't feel like it would it would happen but obviously they're doing incredibly now but um, would that have, if you'd have known he was going there would it have swayed you a little bit?
2: I'm a Newcastle through and through Yeah, yeah, um, yeah let them know <laughs> <laughs> Newcastle through and through like I said my decision was my decision was made and that was you know regardless of who was going where and this and that so No, I'm I'm a Geordie
0: now. Good answer. Very
1: good answer. But I'm going to throw this in there. This ain't blowing (laughs) smoke up anywhere. But I'm going to throw this in there, though. Like, my team's Liverpool, as the world knows. And I ain't going to lie. I would have you at Liverpool. I'm just frying that out there. So, Klopp, you know you're my guy. And I know you watch everything I do and that. You know what I'm saying? So, boom get my guy Callum up to Liverpool, you know what I'm saying? I'm just frying that out there. But you do your thing at Newcastle, uh, you you happy. I'm just saying what I would want for my team. I'm just frying that out there. You get what I'm saying?
2: Uh, no, I, uh, do you know what? I appreciate that. I appreciate the honesty. And to be honest, Newcastle, you got me for 20 mil. And, you know, in the grand scheme of football nowadays with the money that's going around, 20 mil's a bargain, really. And for, for what I'm trying to do on the pitch, you know, I feel I would have liked to have thought there would have been more options from bigger teams even as a a second backup or something like that but it's a case for me just like I say to go Newcastle and prove myself to everyone that you know like I say everyone was doubting me and Newcastle can benefit from from getting me for for, for for next to nothing. I
0: remember when it happened and like I say like I'm half and half in a way Like you know, my family is Arsenal but half my family is Newcastle and I remember when that went through and I was like that's a great that's a really good signing also, I thought the a same a brilliant signing for Newcastle especially when Ryan Fraser came in as well to kind of rekindle that partnership I was like this is amazing we asked you about Steve Bruce earlier on and what you thought of him before we move any further I just want to ask you about Gareth Southgate because you mentioned him a minute ago there how they compare and what it is you think that Gareth does that is good as a manager and what he's created in England?
2: I think he's created an environment where everyone feels comfortable, everyone feels they can, you know, they're free to go out and express themselves and play. He's give a lot of players a platform to play on, you know, he's brought in a lot of players some people would look at as, oh okay, they've been called up, they've been called up. More in the sense of younger players, you know, they're kind of unknown but i have got an opportunity which for any footballer is great. I see people like Calvin Phillips getting called up. I think he'd just come to the Premier League and and things like that. And it just shows that if you do well, you get an opportunity. So that's what gives me belief still that whether I'm 28, 29, almost, it it don't matter about age. It's about if you're doing it on the pitch, you get an opportunity. So for me, being at Newcastle was a case of, okay, show the manager of Newcastle, but also you're, Auditioning for the England call up, basically, and and obviously, yeah, you, like I say, you do well at Newcastle, then that gives you the platform to go and get a call up, hopefully.
1: Cool, man. You're 29. You're a pup, man. Well 10 years older than you, don't worry. You got 28, time, man. Don't 28. Man. I'm, 28. Right, 28. No, I'm 28. Not 29 28, I'm not 29 I'm still yet. Still a pup. <laughs> no about right, that. Okay. You're still a pup. All right, so, I'm gonna quickly. I'm gonna throw in some quick questions to you. So, the best player you played yeah. with, best player you played against, and if you could pick yeah. an ideal strike partner. <laughs> Not me, because I'm about to hang up soon. Um, <laughs> who would it be?
2: So an ideal strike partner would be someone just to complement my style of play, really. So someone who would drop in short, is, you know, can see a pass and could get assists and things like that. Someone like Harry Kane could also chip in goals and yeah. give you competition as well. That would be like a perfect scenario, I guess. Do you like competition? Yeah, yeah. You
1: like I like that. That's what I like about it. You like competition.
2: You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah,
1: yeah. You it, draw from that. That's good,
2: man. I think it brings out the best in you, don't it? You know, if if I know I'm gonna start every game, and you're gonna just turn up and play, you, you can kind of go through the motions Whereas yeah, when you know you have got someone breathing down your neck, or you're working hard to try and get someone else's spot, then that's when it brings out the best in you. And I feel that you know throughout my career, that's how. I've Done and managed to to get so far, and I think um, the the best player I've, I've played against is is probably Rashford. He's he's unreal. He's so good. When when you're playing against him, you think, oh, just hope this guy's not on it today yeah. as much, you know, because that way you can try and you can eliminate one of United's threats. Obviously, they have many, but yeah. he takes away one of them. And obviously, training with him as well, seeing how good he is, you think. He could be, in the defence could be in for a tough game today. And then, the best player I played with, just trying to think who I played with on my debut at England, because, you know, they're probably, the players on that level is probably going to be the best you're going to get, really. Yeah, yeah. I'd say Sancho, he's definitely a player who you think, is this guy's serious and got a good career ahead of him. We made our debut on the same day, I think it was. And I think, uh, yeah, playing playing alongside him, the assist he's providing for for Dortmund and things like that, you know, it could only it could only benefit you as a striker, really.
0: Okay, one more to finish up. Where will Newcastle finish this season?
2: Where will we finish? We'll finish in a very safe place. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure on league position, but <laughs> I'm not sure on a league on a number. But you know, uh, I I don't personally want another relegation on my CV. I'll do everything in my power to make that not happen. And like I say, I'm working. I'm working extremely hard, double, triple sessions. So I'm actually doing another session in a minute. You know, so uh, no, it's, uh, it's it's all good. You know, like I say, I'm I'm gonna make sure that I'm back and making this season a success after last season's because you know it ended in relegation. Like I say, I ain't having back-to-back relegations. I ain't being that guy. So I'm gonna uh, come back firing on all cylinders. Basically, I need to I need to make sure I hit the ground running straight away because team needs goals and need, i need to help out and uh and yeah like i say i'm, I'm doing everything in my part to do that the fans will
0: absolutely love to hear you say that but don't rush yourself back too quickly because yeah, no, we've just bro. heard what you like we know you probably try and make it happen as, yeah. soon as possible but look after yourself we wish you a speedy recovery but a timely recovery as well and thanks so much it was just really nice to have a chat with you
2: oh no you too guys uh it pleasure. Thank you very much. And
0: whenever
1: you want to have a gym session, brother, I'm here, isn't it?
2: Say <laughs> no, you get me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually, do you know what? I actually don't do upper, upper body weights. No, like, he said like How big you look on telly. He said he that. Don't, he don't do, do okay, upper man, yeah.
0: He said he doesn't look like he does upper body yeah what do you mean no, I, I could tell
1: about it, it, it may look like that on the TV what are you talking what do you, about what do you mean what do you mean, what you mean?
2: <laughs> give oh me one of them t-shirts give me one of them t-shirts and beef merch. I'll show you the levels you know <laughs> look at that no gym no gym I'll see you I'll
1: see you. move out of your car we
0: going go work in your <laughs> head <man>. <laughs> 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 thank you so much we'll Bye see you brother. again very very soon alright bless you yeah, thanks
2: guys blessings. take care Bye. take care see you see you
0: There you go, Callum Wilson. Oh, he's great, isn't he? Yeah, man, he's good. I like him. Up
1: front, honest, confident, determined. Nah, man, he's my guy, man. There are a lot of quite deep questions there as well that I thought he was going to dodge. People, you know, real talk, he kind of handled it, innit? Everything you threw at him because you went kind of deep on him, you know what I'm saying? I kept, it, I kept it loose-hearted, but he was jabbing back. So, no, man, it was good. I like this one.
0: Yeah, we keep getting really good guests. Another brilliant one there. Hope, hope all the listeners are enjoying it so far. I don't know who we've got next week yet, but I imagine it'll be someone top class as well. I can't believe I missed Jamie Carragher last week. I know,
1: man. I know, I know, I know. But
0: I held it down. We get him every week on Sky anyway, you know, so it's absolutely fine. But It was good, yeah, man. I'm looking forward to next week, man. Okay, it's time to look at the Super 6 fixtures for round 38. Don't forget, you can download the Super 6 app, create an account and play for free by predicting the scores of six chosen matches to be with the chance of winning £250,000 this week. Ooh, cash money.
1: Another reminder that you can invite your friends to join the Super 6 and if any of your invited friends go to win the jackpot, then you will win £25,000.
0: Right, prediction time. I have got six fixtures here. Myself and Bai are going to go through them and guess what the results are going to be. Kicking it off with the only Premier League game on the list, West Brom taking on Brighton. I'm going for a 3-0 away win bio. The reason I'm doing it is because I think Brighton are very, very close to starting to pick up those results. And I think West Brom are in a whole world of trouble.
1: Yeah, listen, I'm going to go for a way win as well, but I think it's going to be tighter because I think West Brom had a lot of chances their last game starting to create. But I still think Brighton's going to
0: win 2-1. Swansea versus Bristol City. I'm saying a Swansea win, 1-0. I'm going to say a Swansea win. Well, they say once a jack or is a jack, 2-0. Mm. Okay, Brentford taking on Stoke. Brentford, I think, have been in a little bit of trouble without Ivan Toney, but I do think they'll pick up their first win in what? It'll be first win in four, I think. 1-0 Brentford at home to Stoke.
1: I'm actually going to go with you on that. I'm also going to say a 1-0 Brentford win, so I agree with you.
0: Okay, Borough versus Cardiff, the Nil-Warnock derby, one of many. I'm going to say 1-1 in this one. I'm going to say
1: 2-1 Middlesbrough.
0: Yeah, Rotherham Reading for me is a Reading win on the road 2-0 I'm going to say close, I'm going to think it's going to be a 1-1 draw Final one of the six fixtures is Barnsley taking on Millwall This one I found quite difficult actually because they're really close together in the table Just for the home advantage, I'm saying Barnsley 2-1 I'm also going to go
1: with a 1-1 draw Oh, are you? Yes, I All am. right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go, those are our fixtures, our super six fixtures and our predictions All right, that is it for another week. Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. And big thanks as well to Callum Wilson, this week's guest. Yeah, yeah, shout out Callum.
1: Top guy in that. I remember people, you can get involved. Follow
0: us at Twitter, at Super 6, or use the hashtag Super 6 Podcast. Yeah, make sure you like and subscribe as well, so the podcast they just automatically download each week. That is it now. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. See you next week.